almost fucking choking on my coffee. Dory, uh, just Dory. Spit take. God damn it. Okay. Just so uh, uh, our last record, we were talking about the Rajneesh. Oh yeah, yeah, and the Winder's watching that now. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's uh, that, yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's fascinating. Winder, Winder grew up in um, the Dallas. Yeah, where that like, shit was happening, like near you. Yeah, well, I didn't. Ish. I don't know if I mean, it. Well, now I spent a lot of time in the Dallas because my mom lives there, and I grew up in Madras in Central Oregon, so it's a ninety mile distance. Yeah. But I would. You were there a lot. Yeah, and and this the Rajneesh Piram, the, where the the cult yeah, he's was got, living he's on. Got the down. Oh yeah, we were, I grew up with that shit. You know? That was in between the two, right, right. out in the, in the desert area mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So, having watched the documentary, I thought for sure it would be a lot more of our t- my town, uh, Madras, right? Because it felt like it was kind of the epicenter of what was going on. But it turns out the Dalles, especially if you watch the documentary, the Dalles was a big part of it. Took the brunt of it, yeah. Yeah, and they that's they poisoned a bunch of people there with uh, the food poisoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That restaurant's still there. Yeah. Well, that's the, the Arctic Circle is now a, a Thai place. Oh, but it's weird. It was weird seeing, you know, places that are just. Well, I remember that, and I remember that. Yeah. Well, I don't remember. I think we had talked about. We had watched it here, and then we talked, and then like that weekend we went and saw my mom. Well, my stepdad used to work for Motorola. He was a salesman for them mm-hmm. back in that in those days, mm-hmm. and he used to sell radios to them. And they're like, if you see the guys with the machine guns and the and talking on the walkie talkies, he sold them those no! walkie talkies. So that was kind of a fun. That is twist. weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh come on! And you know we're watching the thing, and he's like, oh yeah, I met her, and he I think he might have met Sheila. Mm. If if he didn't, he certainly saw her. She's still alive. Yeah, yeah. She was a yeah. big part of the. I mean, yeah. she's, she was central in the entire thing, and now she's a big part of the documentary. But yeah, uh, and then. He was he was vegetarian at the time, and they that was a vegetarian society. Right, and he said, "Yeah, they had great food out there at their cafe and stuff like that." <laughs> when they weren't poisoning people, well, except for that. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. So that was that was kind of fun. Oh to my god, get that inside scoop. See, that is cool. Shit yeah. like that is cool. He said that each of those radios in like 1984 were like two grand a piece because they what? had military grade encoding on them, so that they couldn't be listened in on and stuff. And he's like, "I don't know why you need it, but I'll take the commission." <laughs> no shit. And you know what's weird is that you think about when you're immersed in. Whatever it might be, right. whether it's a gigantic religious cult or a, sh- a production. Or a labor union. Or, <laughs> wow. Or, I mean, something that you are uh, fully immersed in. Mm-hmm. And it's like a group thing. It's not just one person, I'm really into knitting. I mean, it's, it's like a huge endeavor and a significant part of your life. You never fast forward 20 years and go, wow, that's over. This is going to look weird. <laughs> or you, don't, you just don't think about it. You think that's, you're all, it's all encompassing. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. It's like. Your college years, that's all you think about. And then 20 years from now, you go, oh, well, that's that's over. You know, yeah, yeah. You're so involved in that moment and so involved, and then it's gone. Well, like our, our conversation with Susie talking about all the projects and things that she did, mm-hmm. all the electrical work that I do with the plays and productions we've been in, things mm-hmm. like that, you're, exactly, you're, that is your focus. That is your life at the time. That is your everything. Right. And then you're going to turn around and you'll do another one or something, and you'll mm-hmm. completely forget. You will have to sit and think about Think of towns you've lived in, swaths of your life, relationships you've yeah. had, things that were yeah. the end-all, be-all, and then you go, oh, now it's like, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it's like, mm, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a strange yeah. phenomenon. Oh, it is, and it, we get so involved in stuff, and then we're just not anymore. It's reason enough to, if you can keep this in mind, and we never can because we're always in the moment, but like, right. I get pretty pissed off and worked up on a daily basis. And so much so that you had to raise that first first uh, syllable. Pretty yeah, pissed yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, Okay, I've been in 
how many situations where I've been this mad at whatever and I can't even remember it, probably not worth getting that fucking worked up about. You know, but here's the, a friend of mine who was a master of uh, the practical jokes. Mm-hmm. Wait six months was his mantra. Okay. If somebody does something to you and it angers you or frustrates you or it's, it's like, a, I want to get even with you, wait six months. If you're still feeling it, it's worth it. Then you need to kill that person. If it's, <laughs> if you don't, it's like, man, not a big deal. So you wait six months just to go. And if you've totally forgotten about it, then clearly it wasn't that big of a revenge issue. Yeah. But if it's still sticking in your craw after six months, then yeah, be creative. Go for it. He, um, I don't know the reasoning or what he, why he did this, but he, he, he no, it's, oh, it's his uncle procured. She's right there by the door sleeping. Right. Procured, um, C4. <laughs> no, that'd be nice. The little, for lack of a better term, the little pebbles that make natural gas smell. Oh, okay. Because natural gas has no smell. Right. They have to, we make it smell. So we're like, natural gas, run. Right, right. right. The pebbles that kind of give it that smell, um, I'm, pebbles is probably not the correct. Oh, I'm sure that's, what they, that's what they call it. Yeah, the pebbles. <laughs> this lady, I guess, really pissed him off. So he took these, and you can't really see them. They're kind of small. They're very, very small. Middle of the night. Put them all over her front yard. Ah, that's a good so one. So she woke up in the morning smelling natural gas. <laughs> Long story short, they ended up having to, this lady ended up having to have one of those big things to dig out dirt. The big <laughs> backhoe had to come in. Backhoes ripped up her whole front yard looking for these these leaking pipes. Wow, that's, that's a good one. That's the master. And then uh, the other one, actually, Chris, I believe, did. If you take a condom, and we talked about this before, <clears throat> you open a condom. Stick it in a gas tank. Uh-huh. Oh, it does fuck all worse than sugar. Because what happens is, the, the and you know this, you're Captain Carr. Are the lights going out? Am I having a stroke? Uh, something just happened. Did Corvallis forget to pay its electric bill because <laughs> I think the we sun had a, just went away? I think we had a cloud. <laughs> anyway, so the, the condom, you pop it in there when the car's obviously off. Mm-hmm. And it, it float, it's floating. Right. Well, you start the car. You drive the car. It works its way up. Into the fuel line, oh. and will fill with fuel, and the car will just go and shut off. Right. So then you turn, you wait, and you wait five minutes, and you start it again. It's fine. And it and you have to keep taking out. it back to the. They don't know what the fuck happened. By the time they find out, it disintegrates the gas. Yeah, that's genius. That is. So my friends, listener, if you have somebody who's an asshole, there you go. There it is. Wow. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a bunch of old. Uh, I think I talked about that before. I don't. No, I don't know if you have. I don't know that there's a uh, people don't seem to do as, as much shit is going on in the world today and bullying and all of whatever fucking horribleness. Uh, it seems like it's all kind of mental warfare. There's not a lot of of uh, practical jokes going on like that. I, no, I remember hearing a bunch as a kid, you know, you jack up a car and put it on blocks just like a half an inch off the ground. You hop in the car and can't move. Uh, oh, we picked up Lynn's. Um, she had a 76 Honda, which basically looked like a roller skate. Those yellow ones. Oh, yeah. The boys came over, picked it up, and turned it around perpendicular in the driveway so she couldn't get out. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's popular to do with Matildas. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah they, they look a little roller skate. They did that. I put, um, even when I was teaching, the last day of school, when I was teaching in Arizona, I put um, Josh's 10 speed up on the roof of the office because it was funny. Yeah, that would be. Oh, my bike, where my bike? I don't know where your bike is. Look up. <laughs> oh, I'm like, yeah, happy last day of school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, they don't do those. Actually, practical jokes now, we call them mass shootings. No, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that is not as funny. Yeah. No, mm-mm. they've lost their humor. They've gone right to just mass murder. Yeah. They've skipped the whole, you know, practical joke. Got to get back to that. God. 
It's true, though. Yeah, that, that, that's true. We don't worry about, ooh, is someone to put sugar in our gas tank? No, it's, ooh, is someone to shoot my face off? You are listening to The Tangent Lounge featuring Electric Gary and Dory Just Dory. You can find us on Podbean, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, thetangentlounge.com, and thetangentlounge at gmail.com. So I recently, uh, last weekend, I don't remember where I was or what I was doing, but I, I paid cash for a few different things in a few different places, and I got back some change. And in that change were five quarters. Of those five quarters, yeah. two from 1969. Is that significant somehow? It must be. I thought it was. It just Okay. Because I, I, I didn't know if that, is that like when you were born? No. No. It can't be. But it, no. that's... It's what are the odds that you would have two coins that I, have been well, I guess, around that I guess long? You're right. You're right. But, I just never paid any attention. I mean, I don't like change doesn't happen yeah. to me anymore. Okay. I don't even. We fear change. We, fear, <laughs> especially if change from 1969. Yes. No, that is kind of cool though. That was, two at once. Somebody probably cosmic. just flushed those into the system all at once. Yeah, I'm guessing. Probably stole Dad's like yeah. coin collection. Yeah. Like, I heard about that. Uh, I might have been in Madras when I was growing up. A woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Either her husband died or... Oh, no, this is what it was. He had a rare coin collection, and the woman, he asked her to go take it and put it in the safety deposit box at the bank, and she deposited them. Come on. Did he divorce her ass? Because that's just... Yeah, I think that's that, that, that might, have, uh, might have upset. I have hypocrisy of the week. Okay. I just thought of that. Okay. Um, where I, I do the aqua jogging now. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of older women You need now. a GoPro. I do. Uh, the water. Oh, you you know I want a waterproof GoPro. Oh, I thought you said awkward show. jogging. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Have you seen that? That's yeah, all happening. Yeah. Aqua, uh, as in man. Um, aqua jogging. Mm. And it's actually really cool. And it, it's comfortable because you're not surrounded by like, you know, 20 somethings doing their fucking blah, blah, blah shit. It's nobody like, likes them. No. It's people, like women older than me. And didn't think that was possible. There are? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fuck off. Um, and it's kind of neat, and it's it's you know it's, it's good exercise, and you can do it for quite some time, and you don't really wear out, which is nice. Is this an indoor pool? Outdoor yes, pool? Okay. indoor pool, giant pool, damn pool. Um, and so you, you talk to people, which is what you do. It's what mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And you meet people, like friends of friends, because a friend of mine, Joelle, who I've known for, we grew up together in California. Um, and she lives in Lebanon now? Yeah, yeah she, oh. her family moved up first. It's Kathleen's sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, she lives in what, the Waterloo's. Um, so she's got some friends and they show up and we just, you know, talk. Burp, 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 burp. And I've, <laughs> they were talking about, cause they're in a, a motorcycle gang. Like um, you do. They, but not like fucking Hell's Angels. It's, you know, I yeah. mean, they're rough, but they're not illegal ah. people. Um, they, they cook do, actually, light. They do a lot of good stuff. They do a massive toy run uh, in uh, Christmas time here in Lebanon. They do like massive. Like, giant, like, only giant toys. Big, massive giant toys. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's tough to carry. Yeah. They Especially on a motorcycle. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, so you meet some, some ladies, uh, and there, there's a couple of events. And one of the events, of course, is, uh, the topless contest mm, mm-hmm. like you do. Right. Um, so, you know, a quick tangent, <laughs> What <laughs> we, we put on a uh, hot fuzz last night. Are you talking about the movie or did you actually put hot fuzz on yourself? Cause that would be a more interesting topic. Well, well, first uh, six, one half dozen either. Cool. Uh, that is an immensely watchable rewatch without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And I had never caught this before. I don't know how many times I've seen it. So the the one uh, old cop who, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I never caught that. Before. You never caught that. No. And then later on, he cock cock. And also when he goes finger, 
look for that next time. Okay. Where Nick Frost goes when when um, Simon Pegg is reiterating like, okay, this is what's happened. Da, 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 the recap. Yeah. And, Nick Frost will go finger because yeah. remember he fingered her behind the whatever. That's right. Yeah. Look for that one. That's I did my catch favorite. him doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. That's anyway, good stuff. Anyway, back. So anyway, eh, topless so, bikers. Um. Yeah, and and there's like you know, hit contests, whatever. Um, and so you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just signed the fuck up right there. Mm-hmm. No, but the weird thing is that's okay. But out of the same person's mouth came how all those things happening in Hollywood was because how the women are dressing and acting in movies. Oh. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> I let it go. Yeah. I let it go. Sure. Because I'm like, wait, what? That's, that's a way homer. <laughs> You'll yeah. get it on the way home. I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make that person any less of a nice person. No. It was just the, the super amount of hypocrisy that happened within a 30 minute period was just astounding. Yeah. That's I was great. Like, I, so that's okay. Flashing tits in a contest is fine. Right. Because it's competition. But wearing a low cut dress to the Oscars is what's causing. That's the problem? Huh. I, I just found it interesting. So, so this it's causing guys to, like Harvey Weinstein to act that way because if these women wore burlap sacks up to their neck, yeah. then he could control himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless, you know, I sure. mean, if this person decides to listen to the podcast, that's fine. It's nothing against her personally. Okay. It was just an amazing amount of hypocrisy in a short amount of time. Yeah. That was stunning to me. Well, and there needs to be more going on with how you handled that in and how you're describing her now versus fuck that bitch. You know, this is a person who has an opinion that's not the same as mine, maybe, or almost certainly politics that aren't the same as yours. Oh yeah. But it's okay. We can be friends. Be together here. Now, sometimes though, I got to go, not her, but some people I just go, wow, that is a, like I could not be friends with our president. No, too many, you know, making fun of people who are disabled and and, and I've come fun to the realization that he might not be a good guy. You I'm, think? I don't know. I, I'm it, leaning that way. It's coming. Yeah, it's possible. And we don't do the politics much, but I'm just yeah. saying that you know, there's some people though that I probably could not befriend. And right. I mean, when you say befriend, yeah, you don't have to hang with these no, people. That it's, no, it's also I mean, it doesn't mean that they should be taken off the earth or anything. Like no, that. Yeah. well. So the, bi- the biker thing made me remember. So we uh, long term, long time listeners have known that uh, Mrs. E and I have a tiny car that we restored and we like to take it to some car shows and mm-hmm. drive it around and make people smile and kind of goofy clown shit. So <laughs> we uh, had our, our annual car show every year on Father's Which Day. Which I missed again. Yeah. Because I realized how many miles oh. that shit is to drive. I'm like. It's a ways. That's a day trip for me, man. There's like no way. <laughs> and the crazy thing is I drive it both ways in the tiny car. Well, because you built a really good car. Yeah. Let's be real. It, well, and the best part is I finally got a few things adjusted on it, and it runs even better. Mm. So I was able to go up the hills that I had to <laughs> struggle up before. Push. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out on the highway on the, and Friday night, go up early, do the thing. Life is a highway. Well, I was kind of singing okay, to myself, to not that. that one. Sorry. Uh, Panama by Van Halen. No, you didn't. Well, there's the part where he goes, I reach down between my legs. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that come out of Well, your I reached down between my legs and I eased the seat back and the fucker went back further. <laughs> it's been 4,700 miles in six years since I re- restored the car and I didn't know the seat went back <laughs> even for, I had more leg room. It was amazing. It what, was, a, what an epiphany. It was a fantastic discovery. And also what an embarrassment for It you. was that too. Yeah. yeah, I could have kept it to myself. <laughs> the, the silly part though is when it's back in the position where you have all this space, yeah. 
now the front seat rests on the horn. If you flip the seat forward to get oh, in or out um, of the back, uh, so please take a video of that. Talk about a GoPro. That was yeah. That was we comical. should we should do some. We should invest in our own individual GoPros, waterproof <laughs> GoPros. Oh, okay. Got to be waterproof. Well, yeah, for all your my aqua jogging. jagging and and just do some really bad, some <laughs> ridiculous GoPro and post it on our sites. Uh, yeah. Just why not? I could take Nobody it under listens. houses with me and whatnot. So uh, oh, when right. I did. Have a good crawl recently. It's been a while. That Diggity. was. Did you see the picture of the animal arm that I? I did. That was, you want to tell our listener what that's all about? So I. Uh, well, let me finish my first tangent. Oh, yeah, yeah. So right. the microcar show wound up being super cool, and we had a bunch a biker gang show up to kind of participate. Mm-hmm. But their bikes are these like super chopped mini bikes. I don't know if you've seen these. Oh. They're they're like street legal, I guess, but they're they're small. Okay. Yeah. And they're super custom. Like hmm. the one this gal had that like there was a glass window in the gas tank. So you could like look and see how much gas you have, I guess. And oh, that's kind of cool. They're like full on choppers. So it was it, it was an, it was a weird dreamy day for the, for the actual car show when people showed up that I didn't expect to come. Right. Uh, I'm talking to this one guy who knew way too much about my car. And it turns out he was somebody that I've bought stuff from on the internet who's one of the four, like, gurus of the N600 guys. Whoa, and he's moved, that's neat, though. He moved up here and drove all the way up from south of Eugene to come to the car show. And wow. it was then like, hey, dude, you you polished my door handles. I sent these to you and Giggity. you rekeyed them. So, so oh. it was a strange... Uh, but that's kind of neat, though. It was. It that's was, one of the good things about the nets. Yeah. About oh, the interwebs. definitely. One I, of them. Yeah, one of the... There are many. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's there, a few... I just lately though we've talked about this I'm I'm not really uh, participating in the Facebooks right yeah and you've been able to do that Mm -hmm. in the past that a lot of people it's kind of a weird thing I know a lot of people will stop and be done I don't know if this is maybe this is sort of how you are with smoking you you were you able to but but you were able to just be done with it did you have a hard time not smoking well no because I used Chantix I I cheated and used medication that's what helped with that but, um, well, but with, the, with the Facebook, though, you've been able to stop, pick yeah. it up for another couple of years and then stop. Yeah. Yeah. I, because I because people are like, oh, well, you should still you should still. I'm like, no, I know my personality. I have an addictive personality. It's an addiction. It can easily get me down the rabbit hole every night, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, not wanting to. In fact, Michael and I are writing a sketch about how <laughs> if everything happened on Facebook happened in real life. Oh, so, like the one guy that goes around, you know, because you can mark things like like and wow and stuff. So right, one guy right. just goes around going wow to everybody, and, and uh-huh. you know what I mean, it, just that that whole commentary on, come on, yeah. right? Or the guy who a person who always puts the sad emoji, even though it's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. Like someone just says, "Oh, I lost my butter knife." Sad emoji. What really? No, 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 no. Genocide. Sad emoji. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I'd say that. Earned so it. I, I get yeah. So I get kind of tired of the whole. I don't know, and, and people don't quite see it the way I see it, and that's fine. They can immerse themselves, you know, all they want in Facebook, but I remember growing up without it and feeling different. I feel different now because I'm not scrolling every night mm-hmm. looking for this, that, and the other thing. The only thing I'm using um, is for the Tangent Lounge now. Mm-hmm. I use that because I'm going to stay up on that right. um, with the Twitters and all that. But, yeah, I, I am much more, much more comfortable with not – wanting to be um validated i yeah. guess yeah you know i came to the realization that you know you you get the like or the whatever you're out to get and mm-hmm. then it's always next 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 i didn't get, i didn't really yeah. get anything out of it yeah 
So, but it's helped me kind of put things in perspective as far as like worrying too much about what other people think. I just came, eventually I came to the realization that A, I don't know what other people think. I imagine I know what other people think. So you might as well imagine something good. And B, if there's a narcissism in it that if I'm that concerned about what other people think, then that ergo means other people should be that concerned about what I think. And that sure as fucking true. Right. So then if it's, by the you know the commutative property that they shouldn't care what I think, then I shouldn't care what you think because it makes zero difference either way. And moving Transitive on with life. property in yeah, algebra. Oh, sorry, that's okay. Yeah. I suck at math. What, what? you're correcting me math. on the property? You math. Yeah, I did. I got um, math. You the were math. Um, well, I know. Well, and a lot of people are like, yeah, but you posted just two weeks ago. Yeah, I posted so that people didn't think I was dead because they know I was sick. And I know that I've gone through and I've gone, okay, here's my update. I'm fine. I'll see you in a couple months. Yeah. And that's literally all that's going to happen. So now, how do you spend or fill the hours that you would normally have? Oh, uh, see, there you go. Okay. Okay. Now you're awkward jogging. Here's, <laughs> for those of you who actually care about my life, it's aqua jogging, mm-hmm. not awkward jogging. Thank you. Um, uh, there's something called reading mm, that the follow. kids aren't doing. Uh, <laughs> uh, reading, crosswords. Um, I do this one app that has like, it's like a mini SAT. I do that every night. Ooh. I do Spanish every night. Um, I will, I'm watching a lot of, I, I binge watch. Let's be real. Cause mm-hmm. I grew up on TV. The TV doesn't affect my brain. Okay. Like, it, I mean, cause I grew up on it. Right. I don't really look at that as banning the electric screen. Cause I grew up on that shit. It was, it's fine. Yeah. So I'll watch uh, some interesting things. Like today I watched, um, <gasps> Is it called The Last Laugh or something? It was about when, you know, when does comedy go too far? And the central focus was the Holocaust. Because that was supposed to be funny? It was hilarious. No, but no, it's just, it's like talking to a lot of Jewish comedians about, you know, who touches the Holocaust. They'll make fun of of the Germans. They'll make fun of the Nazis. Right. But the actual Holocaust itself, a lot of them will just, even Mel Brooks, he won't. He won't cross that line. So they're talking about the line, and they're using the Holocaust as an example of what lines can and cannot be crossed and, and throughout history. Yeah. Like, springtime for Hitler, when it first came out, was like <gasps> appalling. Sure. Because it was only 20 years after World War II, right? Now it's charming. Yeah. Everyone sings along. You know, and it it's time. It's all about time. Yes. But the Holocaust is is traditionally hands-off unless it's um, Sarah Silverman did this great joke. And I'm, I'm not even that big of a Sarah Silverman fan. I mean, she's not, I'm not. She's had her moments. Yeah, I don't like, oh, she's horrible. I just don't, whatever. Um, but she said this great joke. She goes, oh, she's talking to the, the, she goes, the Holocaust. Okay, <laughs> alleged Holocaust. And she sticks in a, and that, <laughs> some people took that as legit. Oh my gosh. And it's because they're not smart. Well, right. Yeah, people are looking for a reason to be offended. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but in actuality, it was funny because it's a commentary on the people who really think it did not happen. Right. Exactly. So when you have to explain comedy, you're lost. It's done. Yeah. It's over. Nope. There's no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it was really fascinating. I think it's called the last laugh. I mean, they interviewed like David Cross, they interviewed Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, um, all Jews, all of the Jew, Jewy, mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman, um, Roth, uh, Jeffrey Ross, mm-hmm. uh, it just it's really a wonderful, wonderful and uh, Holocaust survivors. Oh, uh, they focused on one lady who was a survivor, and she goes to schools and talks about what happened and how there's genocide in the world right now, but nobody's paying any attention. Mm-hmm. Rwanda, I mean everything. There's literally thousands of people being killed every day, and no one's paying attention. Not funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, I said Rwanda. It. Not funny. <laughs> um, 
but it's a, it's a fascinating uh, documentary. So I'm watching a lot of trippy, cool documentaries. I'm watching. I'm catching up on old Twilight Zones. Mm. Like all the Twilight Zones are on Hulu now. All the mashes are on Hulu now. I'm like, because <gasps> Alan Alda was my first crush oh. when I was in second grade. Perfectly normal. It, well, it was because I watched Mash literally from 1972 till it's done in 1981. Uh-huh. I watched that from second grade through my junior year of high school. Used to be one of the only things we got out in the boondocks where I lived. Was MASH? Yeah. Well, it was reruns like, at that point. Oh, yeah. 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 Two like, to three a night, something like that. Oh, this was like the Ridge. Oh, as, as it was running. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. It came out in 1972. Um, and I was in second grade. And we watched the first episode and I was hooked. Wow. And nice. I was basically a baby. Yeah. And I would have, I'm in love with Alan Alda dreams. Like cute little like. Now they're your cheese nightmares. <laughs> That's a great name for a band. We're cheese nightmare. Good night. Um, but no, he was my first crush. Right on. And he still could, he would be, he's the only octogenarian that I would do. Oh. It's that strong. The only one. Only one. Not Mel Brooks. He's a, a nanagerian, whatever, 90 something years old. Okay. So you'd still do that. So maybe Mel. Yeah. Maybe Mel. But Alan Alda, he, for some reason, had he and I been born at the same time, I would have crushed hard on him. Oh. I would have married Alan Alda. He would have moved to Crabapple Cove. I, <laughs> but MASH is such a fucking cool show. I mean, I got my a lot of my timing mm-hmm. and my humor influence from Alan Alda, Carol Burnett, and Monty Python. Mm. Somewhere like pretty much between the age of 7 to 12. I watched a lot of those shows. And, and Bugs Bunny. Did you, were you, obviously you were a funny kid, but were you able yes. to drop stuff in with your family and they were, you appreciated in your own time or was it kind of like, <laughs> come on, I'm giving you gold here. I'm giving you gold. Yeah. yeah. It was fine. Yeah. I didn't actually use the humor in school until I was in, I think, fourth grade is when I started to cultivate I think at fourth or fifth grade, because I remember being at Julie Kappas' birthday party and making the entire party crack up. And I realized, all right. I got this. I'm in. Yeah. You know? So that's what got me through a lot of things. I'm spitting right now. Okay. Sorry. It's old. Old spit. You just, yeah. You just leak from places. I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. Check your chair. Um, But yeah, it it, it was. That chair could be your chair. (laughs) But yeah, I used humor a lot and, and it was. And I should have, I had dreams of being on Saturday Night Live mm. when I was in junior high. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hadn't been lazy <laughs> or, quite frankly, scared. And um, occasionally stoned, let's be honest. In high school, yeah. 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 I didn't uh, like the idea of moving to a large city, even though I only lived like 15 minutes outside of San Diego. Mm. It was different growing up in Chula Vista because it was small when I was small. Yeah. And it grew when I grew. And... San Diego, I knew my way around. It was a metropolis, but I knew my way around. It was easy. But the, the, the stigma or the mythos about L.A. and New, New York, York yeah. even though we went to L.A. a lot, I just couldn't. Oh, I was 100% the same way. Yeah. I've had a very small town mentality uh, right out of high school, attempted to go to college and freaked Ashland, out yeah. and came home. Yeah, the, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Made I it a day. I just, uh, up until I met Mrs. E, really, I, the idea of being away once she became my home in my life i could go anywhere she goes and right. have been fine ever since but right. had i grown up listening to podcasts and hearing how to go about the industry yeah. you know i don't know if i would have i might have given it a try uh, i would i don't know i would have done very well because i had that that small town mentality but it doesn't it definitely expands the mind the idea of how to go and do these things because i haven't you know 
I don't know how to fucking start a checking account. You know, how do you go out and do any of these things? And now well, people do them and they talk about how it happened for them. And yeah, well, the, I, I, I kept going mm-hmm. uh, because I right at, actually when I was still in college at San Diego State, um, I did a production of Lysistrata there. And the guys from Sledgehammer were the, there were the fringe theater mm. where you got paid. Yeah. Right. They came to see the show because my director slash professor had done work with them before. Sure. They came to see the show. Then they asked me to audition. Oh. I got it. I did four shows with them. I think it was four. Get paid? Oh, yeah. Each time. Right on. And then San Diego Repertory Theater, which is a big theater, came to see me in one of the Sledgehammer shows, called me up, says, can you come and audition for this? Yeah. And I auditioned poorly because it was a horrible script. I walked in. I'm like, <gasps> I mean, it was a, a stage version of Animal Farm. Uh, oh. uh, yeah. They wanted me to read for a cow. I'm like, pardon me? And I was thin at that point. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Um, but I, I didn't do well because it was horrible. However... Had I kept going, I would have worked my way into equity, and I think by that time I would have grown and matured and maybe had the chutzpah to go. But I I was dumb, and I just dropped out of the whole thing and just, like, you know, worked a job after mm-hmm. I graduated just so I could pay car payment and shit. Yeah. I had zero life. Yeah. I, had a whole, I was like, wow, I'm doing nothing with my life. And so when my I finally decided to move to Arizona because my parents had moved three years prior and I was still living on the property. My, my brother had bought it. I was living in a cabin behind mm. the house. and I, Like the Unabomber. Yeah, right? I love hoodies. Um, but, but, but you wear them backwards. <laughs> when uh, there was a shooting up the street, I think we talked about this before, shooting up the street, um, I went, I'm done. This is not the city I grew up in. Yeah. This is, this is, is this the same place you live next to the serial killer? Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. when I was a baby. Yeah, that, time that was quaint. Like, ah, that was quaint. It was good. <laughs> he didn't use a gun. Yeah, there's some humor there. Yeah. Oof. But it, no, I, and I went, okay, this is not, I mean, when you have to hit the floor in your own house because there's a guy firing rounds two houses up. Well, yeah. And shoots the dog. Your next, dog? No, next door neighbor's dog. Because uh, it was barking. It lived. It was fine. But good. goddamn. Yeah. So I called my dad the next manners. day. I'm like, I got to get out of here, dad. I go, I only have a job. I'm not interested in where I'm at. What were you there's doing for your job? Uh, I was working as a, a in a consumer research firm for like I was a phone person asking mm. like that sounds like you wait eh, well we also did like uh, in person uh, uh, focus groups so I'd run those but it was nothing it be, I mean mm. right it was weak yeah. it was weak so what do you do with a you, yeah a theater degree <laughs> right yeah so um, I go dad I gotta I gotta get out and my boyfriend at the time who I thought I was going to marry by the way mm. dumped me. And the dog Harsh. I adopted literally ran away the next day. It was a bad country western song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. So I went, um, I'm out. And Dad's like, sure, of course you can come here. Um, so I, so my friends and I moved my shit to uh, Cayman, Arizona. How, how long a drive was that? Six hours. Would you drive back Diego? to hang out with friends? In San Diego? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, but uh, I got there and I just kind of chilled. I needed to go, okay, I need to take stock in my life. I need to figure out what the hell's going on because I'm smart and I, I've got something. I need to know what it is. And at that point, I was 32, I guess, or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, 31, 32, whatever. Um, so I was a welfare caseworker for a year. Oh, God, that was wretched. I can imagine. And then I saw an ad for a newspaper for a brand new school. Long story short, I've been teaching for 18 years. Boom. Um, and I found out what I was supposed to be doing the whole time. I should have known. Yeah. I didn't know. So 
I didn't really start uh, taking off. I mean, everything was good up until I graduated college. And then there was that time period of about five years where I'm like, this is, there's nothing going on in my life, man. I got to get the fuck out. Yeah. So then it picked back up again when I decided to move. Yeah. Same thing when I left Arizona. Same situation. I was like, yeah, I was teaching, blah, blah. Uh. I've always wanted to live in Oregon. I had the opportunity. I seized it. I left. And then even more opportunity for growth and meeting people like you and Mrs. E and, and doing going back into theater again because I was teaching. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Exactly. Plus there was no theater. Well. I think I did like, there was some community, like small, teeny, teeny community theater my first year there. I did a couple shows. But for the most part, eight years of the nine I was there, I did no theater. I taught it. Yeah. Directed little kids. Little kids or high schoolers. But I didn't, I couldn't do it. I had no artistic uh, outlet. Hmm. And that's why one of the things I swore when I move here, I'm going to get on every motherfucking theater mailing list. And within less than a month, I had already hooked up with a lobby reading for um, John Elliott. Oh, nice. He's one of the first people I contacted for Head of Gabbler. I ended up being in it. Oh, right on. <laughs> so I got that sort of, uh, my chutzpah goes up and down. Yeah. It's weird. Do you have that? Do you have that where it's like, bow, 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 and all of a sudden you're like, fucking, just, it's dry. Dry county. As far as, like, just energy in your just, life, you mean? Just, or? like, motivation or, or like, because well, you, you're you super, super content with la familia. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and Mrs. E and yeah. the Pooge. Um, that's your family. That's your thing. Your house is a Disneyland. That, yeah. You that's, know? I am real fortunate in the... Uh, yeah, contentment, um, satisfaction in life. I at before I met her, I was I was always searching for the one to be. You know, I, I always wanted to be married since I was a kid, really? but I didn't want to just be married. That's gonna be awkward at five. It was a little, yeah. you know, yeah. walk around the ring. You know. <laughs> I, I I didn't want to just be married, but I was always very romantic in heart and and mm-hmm. wanted to be with that person. So it was always you know try and find that person. And I was in a couple long term relationships that. I wanted them to last, but they just wasn't meant to be, thankfully. Right. Uh, But at the same time, I was trying to fight my nature. I was trying, I was saying, you know, why is, what is it about being with someone that is the end all be all? And and the people around you are kind of worried about you that you're, you know, codependent or something that, that, that if this is your focus in life, you really need to be satisfied and happy with yourself is what you're being told. And I'm like, well, yeah, but. Not everybody can. I mean, I can. Now, yeah, I can now. I discovered that I'm like, yeah, I like it. A but, great place to be. But I, I before I wasn't though, because before I thought I was supposed to get married. Yeah. But. Uh, well, and it turns out that that was what I needed, and that was my life, and that, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and I didn't need to go start doing a lot more searching after that, which is right. really nice because I think if you were with somebody that was constantly like, yeah, you're great, no, but I'm really looking for this other thing. That's not. It might yeah. not be the best. I'm gonna burp. <clears throat> Sorry. There it is. Yeah. So. You know, I, I, the theater stuff I did, I enjoyed, but I feel I've, I've had everything's been in a really easy, lucky perspective for me. Um, I don't have any uh, desire to be famous. I don't have any desire to look, uh, you know, if I had the opportunity to go act right now with maybe even with guaranteed success, if somebody could say there's a place for you right now in L.A., you go do this, you will be. I would jump on that in a fucking heartbeat. And at a time of my jump life, jump on that shit right now. At a time of my life, I would have. But now. It, it, for me, it's momentum. It's the, 
when you talk about your chutzpah going up and down, I don't have to worry about that because even though not every day of work is the greatest, there's momentum behind it. Every day I'm getting up and going and doing the same thing, which we all do, but every day I'm driven to, to, because it costs so much for me to be there. I have to always at every minute be on trying to accomplish, trying to accomplish, get this done. Well, you're good at it. And I try to be. And you're, it, you're good at it. Let but the, let's give yourself that. You're but every day is a challenge. I have to try to be good at it. It doesn't just happen. And by that, I, I, I don't know if that gives me the the artistic fulfillment that, I be, that I'm looking for or whatever. But I haven't missed theater since I left it. And I don't, I'm not really pursuing anything artistic right now. But if I have time to do a project at home, that's an outlet. This is something I'm building with my hands or whatever. And But that, that daily, the projects that I do every day at work are... The, they provide that I'm building right. something I'm making I can stand back turn it on watch it well in the uh, garage you're bricking up that delivery man behind the wall yeah that's very it's that, a slow process yeah. I mean yeah I mean you yeah. have to see the worm start right. and then right. yeah, yeah. Co- collect the fluid um, come on <laughs> we want to wait somewhere so when we uh, one of the I think the last record we were talking about how and if it wasn't in the record it was when we got together for dinner that I was uh, going to do a job at the beach Yes. yes and I was thinking this is the job where Gary gets fucked because <laughs> well I had a, <laughs> uh, we uh, so I was I'm not farting I'm actually just making butt noises right ahead feel free it's not a fart it's like my butt. I, I, it's on your I'm not here to judge wooden bar stool uh, we got uh, uh, <laughs> proposed from a customer calls up one day and says, Hey, I've got this house at the beach. I'd like to have you guys come do some work there. Like, mm-hmm. And he, and then he's going over the top with, you can bring your family and you can uh, enjoy the house and stay and, and have a great time. And um, at first I'm like, you can build on your own wing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, Oh, Yahtzee, this will be kind of fun. <laughs> and I will, we, I had to juggle some stuff cause I've got like jury duty going on at that time and Go. everything else. And I, I, we all make, we make it all happen. And mm-hmm. The guy starts emailing me constantly about, oh, I need this and this and this. And it's going to be, I want things to be done this way. And I want some of the plugs and stuff to be this color. And another one's under this color. And it's like, dude. And, I, and, and I'm not charging him a nickel for any of this shit. It's just all consultation before I'm getting ready oh. to go. And it was getting a little irritating. And then I was thinking, well, I'm not going to charge him to drive to the beach, which we charge drive time anyway. But this is a three-hour one-way drive. He's up in Manzanita in the North Coast. Okay. And so I'm going to go over on a Sunday night, which we did. Have a nice dinner at his place, which we did. And then Monday morning, I get up early and I start cranking on his house. He wants all the lights and plugs changed, all the switches changed. It's It was a fairly good-sized, time-consuming project. Right. Uh, Mrs. E got to come with me, which was great. She's usually too busy at homes, but we got to. But, but then we had to get a dog sitter because the guy didn't allow dogs, and it became a huge fucking and thing. And that's why I spoke up and went, Well, after. Duh. Yeah, yeah. What? We'll keep you in mind next time. So we, <laughs> yeah. we get this gal over. We stay the night here twice. And oh God, I do it, it for free. It was all... It all worked out in the end, but guys, what you're hearing is a Gary doesn't that want me anywhere near his private. Bong water. Uh, no. That... Uh huh. Yeah, no. No, it's I legal. Gary it's legal doesn't want me anywhere near his house. Oh, basically. that's, that's basically what it was. So we uh, <laughs> do the whole thing, and it worked out really nice because it was a lot like being home. Mm-hmm. Me working on house projects and her on her computer doing her work, and right. it was just super pleasant. And it, mm-hmm. So this house is uh, chalet style with like the A-frame, uh, tall, super tall inside ceiling. I, I had a 12-foot ladder. I was standing on effectively the very top of it. So I'm like 16 feet in the air doing <sighs> stuff. I changed this ceiling fan. He had to go drive 45 miles to get a down rod to make it good. Blah, 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 blah. Do the whole thing. Put it together. 
pack up two long, long days mm-hmm. and then a three hour drive home at the end of the second day God, so I could get up to work and go, go to work the next morning. I get 35 miles from the house and something pings in my head of, ah, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Like ceiling fans, light fixtures, all electrical stuff has to be in a junction box. Okay. Makes perfect sense. The ceiling fan I took down was mm-hmm. right up against the beam. They just screwed the ba- the bracket for the fan right up to the wood, which is a super solid connection. You're not going to lose the fan. It's not going to fall off the ceiling like that. Right. So my brain went, oh, let's just do that again because that was the way it was. Right. Boom, boom, boom. I do that. I blah, blah, blah. And then I'm driving away and I get to Tillamook and my brain goes, what the fuck did I do? I've got wire and splices right up against this wooden beam and no box. The the canopy of the, the little, fan. Okay. The little fa- fan cover thing cover i mean you couldn't see it it looked really nice it came out great but here's this uh code violation that i left because my brain just didn't do it so and i came to the realization that in my work and everybody's work we make ten thousand little decisions all the time every day and sometimes we don't make the right call (laughs) well that was one of those times and and my first thought was it'll be fine nothing's ever gonna happen no big deal just move on and and i drive like another block and i'm like you know what I'm going to be getting up at four tomorrow morning. I'm going to be sitting in the hot tub thinking, and it's going to bug me. And then sometimes you can go back and fix something. This was a three hour one way drive, which required a 12 foot ladder, which I can only haul on the boss's rig, which he was paying for the gas. There is no fucking way I could ever fix this. So uh, I turned around, drove 35 miles back and I fixed it. And thank God I did because the brain didn't have to sit there and give me an ulcer having done the wrong thing my something that I, I get reminded of on very rare occasion but if I knowingly do an installation wrong and it causes a fire I can go to jail well yeah yeah I could lose my a lose my license and b be prosecuted for it I couldn't deal with I'm sorry I'm eating cheese because yeah. I have a I'm sorry I have to okay, I'm, I'm on a weird yeah. dietary ketogenic whatever thing. oh, oh. <laughs> okay anyway point being Dude. I went back and fixed it moving on yeah um with the cheese mouth. Oh, that's right. <laughs> There's another sketch that we're writing. Okay. It's on the... um, Because there are so many diets. Oh, yeah. So many deadly ones, to be honest. Yeah, that Fat. arsenic diet. You really shouldn't. I mean, <laughs> you'll lose weight. <laughs> and you won't put it back on. Yeah, the Tide Pod one is very popular. Yeah. And but, condom snorting. But no, there's a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of unhealthy diets. Most of fad diets are unhealthy. Mm. Period. Right, because you can't eat fad. You'll lose. <laughs> you'll lose weight. Yeah. Because you're dying slowly. I mean, there, there's really right. Okay. Necrotic flesh weighs <laughs> less than healthy flesh. <laughs> so we have a sketch, and it's called eating something, and it goes on about all these different fad diets, like the keto diet and the Santa this diet and the Bubba Atkins diet. And you see this little guy wearing his members only jacket, uh. sitting on a bench, having his lunch. And all these like fad people in their gym clothes are walking by and going, what's he doing? He goes, I'm just eating something. And now eating something becomes, ah, becomes the, next the next fad. Thing. Yeah. So that- <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that's going to that's, that's gonna be a good one. All right. The eating something. I like it. But the, the whole thing about forgetting, thinking you forgot something and driving back. Mm, mm-hmm. My first time, my first like two or three weeks maybe, I don't know, I was working for this online school. Mm-hmm. My first year, we had to work in the office, in an office versus at home. And we all had like veal fattening pens, you know, cubicles. Mm-hmm. And I used to keep a, a scented candle 
anyway, oh. because you know it was for stress and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was my my cubicle was right near the shitter. So right. anytime reason that, for that the dudes yeah. had their post lunch dump, mm. they leave the door open, and I would have like fragrant shit. How nice, yeah. And you work at home now. Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I you know I blow out the candle and I leave. Well. For some fucking reason, man. I get off at 4 o'clock and I drive by 20 minutes home. And like at 10 o'clock at night, all of a sudden I go, ah! I love the candle burning. So I thought uh, I could not get to sleep until I hopped in the car at 1030 at night, uh, drove 20 minutes to the office to see whether or not the candle was on. Wow. It wasn't. How many times did you do that? Once. Yeah. <laughs> and I that's how like anal retentive I can be about like, I mean, as as free flowing as I seem to be, there's things that are wrong that I go <gasps> and I, I panic. Yeah, well, th- you could burn the building down. That could be a problem. <laughs> yeah, and I get sick. Oh, brand new job, burn the building down. Oh, that, your phone just that, went. Ooh. We just got motion at the front door, people. I think the puppy might be coming home. Oh, shall we? Let, let me have a quick pause. You're listening to the Tangent Lounge with Electric Gary and Dory, just Dory, and we're available on Podbean and Stitcher and iTunes and Gmail and all that shit at Tangent Lounge. Give us a listen and maybe a review. Anyway, we're back. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Weez came home, has uh, been playing at the pool at next door. Started on me twice? Yeah. Here's, yep. There's something. She doesn't do that without you here. I don't I, know what and it I does. told you, did I say this on the mic about this? I don't know if you did, but go quick with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom had uh, a canny uh, sensor. Uh, I, I don't know. It was putting her body at birth. I don't know. It oh, went. yeah, I think we did because I brought up the dog whistle in my ass. So, was, that on, was that on the air? I think it was, yeah. Am I having dementia right now? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to call this an episode, and uh, we got to stay tuned for the next one. Oh, yeah. Tune in to the next episode and the last episode, because we're talking about fascinating shit here, people. And uh, As far as we know. As far as we know. Yeah. We're, we're, we keep talking. We're rad. Yeah. We should be famous, goddammit. So I'm Gary. I'm Dory Just Dory. And uh, that's the Tangent Lounge. We have been loud.